Hello and welcome to the Cafe Binge Podcast. You guys, I am so excited for today's episode and I know I say that every single week, but it's because I only invite total fire guests on the show, only people that I'm legitimately excited to talk about and to introduce to you all. And today is no exception. I'm so excited because the guest that I have on is a freaking wizard goddess. Like she is woo-woo and magical, but also practical and very knowledgeable in her subject matter. Today, I have on guest Vanessa Montgomery. Oh, Vanessa Montgomery, who is the author of Star Power, A Simple Guide to Astrology for the Modern Mystic. Ah, you guys, I, this is kind of magical because I wanted someone to come on and talk about astrology with us for a few reasons. One, because I love astrology and it speaks to me so deeply, but I don't know a lot about it. I love it. I totally believe in it, but I don't know everything about it. And two, because I think we're just on like the cusp of this huge awakening for so many people and people who are into more woo-woo practices or maybe just spirituality in a way that is done differently than the way they were raised in or who've never had religion or any type of spiritual practice but are waking up to that or just want a different modality for knowing themselves better which is why I loved introducing you guys to human design. It's another modality that I love and a way that I can better know myself and that validates my strengths and powers and natural abilities. And that's the same thing that I feel about astrology, right? I love the stars. I feel like from a little kid age, I was gazing up into the heavens, just trying to connect and commune with God that way and getting so giddy excited by learning constellations and seeing shooting stars and As an adult woman now, I love moon practices. I love the power of the moon. I love setting intentions for the new moon and then reflecting and reaping on those intentions for the full moon. I love rituals. I love the power that the cosmos play in our life. And for me, it just makes sense. I think there's a reason why we have each of the planets in our solar system, right? Like they're not there by accident, They're not just up there floating for no reason. Every single thing in our system plays a part. Each is made up of different elements, different particles, different matter, and each has a different energy, right? I remember over the past couple months, there was a few posts that I put out on Instagram talking about either astrology or the moon. And I particularly remember talking about Mercury retrograde and asking all of my followers if they had been experiencing the kind of doozy effects of a Mercury retrograde. And a lot of people were shook. Like, are you kidding? This is happening to everyone? Like my life falling apart and turning upside down is not just me. Like this is maybe something bigger than me, something like teaching me or showing me or cleansing me or whatever. All of this stuff is bigger than us and it makes so much sense to me, which going back to what I said, made me want to bring in someone who could teach us about astrology in a very, very digestible way. Um, Because astrology can be so out there, right? 
And it's just so funny how the universe works and how manifesting works because I set the intention. I wrote it on a piece of paper exactly what I wanted in a teacher that could teach us. And it must have been about a week later that my connection with Vanessa happened and it happened in such a flowy way, right? I feel like that's how it always happens in a really beautiful, synchronistic, flowy way. And it just happens from just following the pings we get, right? I feel like the universe leaves us like a breadcrumb trail and if we just pick up the pieces, it leads to a really beautiful result. And in a way that serves the highest good of both parties, right? I feel like what serves the highest good of one person will always serve the highest good of the other. And so I feel like for both Vanessa and I, it was a really beautiful meeting. Um, I talk about this in the podcast, but last December, so 2018, I was Christmas shopping at the mall and I was in Madewell. I was looking at jewelry and I saw Vanessa's book there. It's this like the most perfect pink color you will ever see. It's magnetic and my hand flew to it. I grabbed the book and I feel like I have a hard rule at Christmas time, like don't buy gifts for me. So I was just thinking, I'm like gonna give this to someone. And so I got a bunch of stuff at Madewell and as I took it home, I just didn't wanna give it to anyone. Like I couldn't think of anyone who would want it more than me. And so I kept the book and I've loved it. So from that, just impulse that ping to get the book like I had to get the book something bigger than me was telling me get this book and I just did it impulsively did it because I knew that I needed it from that moment to then connecting with Vanessa I feel like the universe just lines things up for you in a way that you couldn't have planned because as I later found out after connecting with Vanessa she lives in Australia Like, what are the chances? I would have never connected with her before that. I feel like this day of heightened technology and social media, it connects us all in a way that we'd never be able to connect before. So we can say all we want about social media and its negative effects. I feel like everything has its shadow side, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful that we can connect with people on the other side of the world, that I could have a conversation with Vanessa on my computer, have it recorded, and present it for you guys to hear and learn from. So, you guys, Vanessa, like I said, wrote a book, and it's a book that I swear you're going to want because it breaks things down in a way that is so simple. Like, I thought reading an astrology chart was the most complex, complicated thing, and it totally is. That's why we have Vanessa. But her approach is so simple and her mission is to really simplify it, right? Her book is a guide for simple astrology for the modern mystic, right? And so she breaks it down into understanding the planets and which energy that planet harnesses and what it rules over to our nodes, to the elements, um, to the houses. Like I remember when I first learned about our natal charts hearing about like this planet was in the ninth house and la 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 and like it's so confusing to me and it's kind of still is but it makes a whole lot more sense right now and her book if you were to study this book it would make perfect sense our astrology charts can tell us so much and what i'm talking about with a natal chart is vanessa will explain it but it's where the planets were which position they were in the sky the exact moment you were born and so which energy you're coming into the world as right so 
astrology tells us so, so, so much. Um, It also has kind of a psychic aspect to it where it, not a psychic aspect. I mean, once you read your chart, you will think it's psychic, but it talks about transits, different transits that are going to be happening in your life. Um, And she talks about mine a little bit, and some of them can seem kind of like scary. Like I've just been going through some transits and some retrogrades and planetary returns that are always happening. And so after understanding your chart, life will start to make a whole lot more sense and it's really fun and it's really empowering. So as you're listening to the podcast, if you want to find your own natal chart, you will need your birth date, your exact time of birth, and then the city and country you were born in. And Vanessa actually has a tool on her website, um, a free birth chart link. And you can enter in that information and then pull it up while you're listening to Vanessa and I chat. And it'll make a lot more sense and she'll kind of navigate you through yours maybe as well. So to find your free birth chart, go to Vanessa's website, which is astroallstarswithaz.com. And that is, again, astroallstars.com. And I'm going to put all of these links in the show notes for you guys, just so it's easily accessible and you can find it. But go to her website, click on the link for free birth chart, and then follow along. Also, you guys, on the website, Vanessa offers personal natal chart readings. So if you guys are listening along and you think, this is for me, I want to know more about my chart. I'm dying to know more. I want to know about my transits. I want to know about my sun sign, my moon sign, my ascending sign. I want to know all of these things, which planets are where and how to navigate life better and how to tap into personal strengths and gifts. If you want to like rocket launch your life, then book a reading with Vanessa. You guys, I've never met like a kinder, more compassionate person. And even after she read my chart to me, I had questions about it and I'd like email her and she was so giving and accommodating and just a true wizard about this stuff. Like I swear she knows astrology better than anyone I've ever met or encountered and I trust her. I trust her approach. I trust her knowledge and wisdom and the information that she gives me and she's such a compassionate soul. Like she is pure gold. So if you guys are listening and you want a reading, go to her website and book one. And I have a very special gift. Vanessa is offering a discount code. And this is until October 2nd. You have until October 2nd to book and you get 20% off a reading. She offers two types of readings, a Starlings recorded astrology reading And she also offers an exclusive astrology consultation. Those are both discounted 20%, which is huge, with the code CAFEBINGE20. And that's all caps and a space between CAFE and BINGE. So CAFEBINGE20 will get you 20% off until October 2nd. Again, I'm going to put all this in the show notes for you because I know there's going to be so many of you guys who want readings because she is legit. I already told you a couple times that she wrote an incredible book that is also so aesthetically pleasing and so chock full of wisdom and knowledge for you. But Vanessa is also currently the astrology expert at 
Glamour US with a weekly horoscope. Um, so if you guys get onto Glamour.com and you love their weekly horoscopes and the special edition articles, Vanessa's the author behind that. She is the Glamour astrologist. Like I said, she's 100% legit. She is also a contributor for Wim Magazine. She's been featured in Vogue US, Elle, Cosmopolitan, Time Out London, Refinery29, Vice Broadly, The Fashion Journal, and so many other publications. Vanessa's kind of everywhere right now, which is exciting. She's also been included in lots of recent and upcoming like webinars and workshops and I'm going to put the information for all of that in the show notes because I know you guys are going to eat that up. I think she has another webinar coming up November 25th and so I will put the link to that in the show notes if you guys are interested in that. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to Vanessa Montgomery If you want to look her up on Instagram, give her a follow while you're listening. Her handle is at astro underscore allstars, and that's allstars with a Z. So astro, A-S-T-R-O underscore allstars, and that is astro, A-S-T-R-O underscore allstars, A-L-L-S-T-A-R-Z. Okay, let's get to the show, guys. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yes. That's beautiful. Awesome. Okay. Vanessa, are you <laughs> oh kidding? Gosh. You are adorable. I am so excited that you're on. Do you know what? I had no clue. When I first contacted you, I had no clue that you were from Australia. And like an idiot, I just like thought that you knew about Utah and the culture. I'm so sorry. I thought you lived in like New York City or something. So I just... I know it's funny it is funny that I've been writing the horoscopes for For in New York and I spoke to the editor there and I was saying she wanted a a phone call and I'm like well I'm just gonna work out the the time zone she's like uh where are you no idea they'd already hired me no way you know what there are some pretty freaking rad people in Australia right is there sure. like, is there, no, but for real, is there like some like energy vortex there or something? I'm like, there are so many beautiful, like woke souls living in Australia, yeah, at least from I my think, perspective. I'm not sure what it is. I think a lot of Australians, they reach out, they get out of Australia. Yeah. Whereas I think America is such a big country, everything sort of people look inwards more than out. And yeah. we really, we've got this like, I don't know younger sibling thing where we're always trying to get the attention of the younger sibling. (laughs) It seems to be the case and we really do get out. There's more opportunities in, in, you know, bigger countries, I suppose. Yeah. Do you travel a lot? Your website um, said that you love traveling. Have you been to the US? Yeah, a few times actually, a few times. And I'm planning to come back again next year. So I'm really living for that. (laughs) Where, Where are you coming next year? Um, Well, there's a really big astrology conference. I think it's probably, it sounds like it's maybe the biggest in America, so probably the world, which is in October in, uh, it's near, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's near between Boulder and Denver. Oh, wow. (laughs) In Colorado, I think that is. So I'll go to a few other places. I'll go to New York and see if I can meet my editor 
and yeah Amazing. do some traveling if I can get some gigs doing I don't know workshops or talks or yeah. whatever I'll I'll plan all of that yeah so oh, my dream exciting. my dream is still to drive like drive across America that yeah. would be great you know what yeah. that's my dream too I mean I guess I've done it a couple of times but in my head it's like in like a silver bullet like airstream trailer and I'm just cruising but I've done like a couple really not glamorous road trips across the country just bringing my siblings home from school but anyways (laughs) as long as it's done like I'll take anything (laughs) airstream that's a great idea I know I love it okay well Vanessa thank you for being on the show I'm dying you have been in so many publications and authored in so many different places. I want to know all about you and how you got your start in astrology because you're like the wizard genius. <laughs> it's getting there, isn't it? Uh, yes. So it's been quite interesting. I've been really into astrology for a long time, ever since uh, I lived in London in the mid nineties mm-hmm. and my flatmate had an astrology book, just a really simple one that combined your sun sign star sign with your Chinese year sign Mm. and I read everyone's and mine and I'm like wow from such little information this is really accurate like Mm. mine said oh you will have uh, a desk in the middle of the house that's true I always did I created like to to be that specific so I started just looking up everyone on that and it continued to be fairly accurate so Back in Australia, one of my managers was studying astrology formally at one of the best schools here mm-hmm. in Melbourne and her insights were just blowing me away and she got to a point where I couldn't understand what she was saying anymore. It was like she's speaking another language and at that point I'm like, okay, I need to go learn this because I need to be able to understand the language you're speaking mm-hmm. and I did study formally and it just continued to be so revealing. Like if you're anyone that is interested in anything beyond the obvious and the mundane, if you want to look behind and see what's hidden or understand any yeah, secrets of people and the universe, astrology is one of those amazing tools. And still the more I learn, the more, I guess, refined those details can be that you can understand. Mm-hmm. So I've continued on, continued on, and here we have astrology and all things woo have become really interesting to a lot of people and there's a huge appetite for it and I happen to still be doing it because it's my passion so opportunity has met preparation and the wave is just I'm being lifted up on that wave absolutely yeah I feel like you answered the call of it as a child because you're a modern mystic and do you feel like as a child you were still that modern mystic like it's something about mysticism and things that were like ethereal and did that always pull to you it really did and I'm so glad I stuck with that because I never thought I'd see this happening in my lifetime like we read about say uh, the 70s when there was a bit more of this happening and then I lived through the 80s where it just didn't seem to be at all and Mm -hmm. it's a whole new paradigm that's starting Mm -hmm. so yeah I've always been really interested Um, When I was in school, I used to read a lot of ghost stories and Mm -hmm. very attracted to anything. Um, Well, you know, we associate these things with Scorpio. Mm -hmm. We do. I know I was going to ask, but you're not a Scorpio, right? 
I'm not a Scorpio, but this is where once you start getting into the finer points of astrology, you know, you have your astrology chart and you have these 12 sections and they're called houses and they represent an area of life. So there's a couple of houses or areas of life. If you have some important planets like your sun sign or like your, your sun. So if you had Scorpio sun in, say, the eighth house, which is associated with Scorpio, that's an area of life that's all about the mysteries and what's hidden. And you just, it's also real, say, psychotherapy because it's about digging down and finding what's what you can't obviously see. So I have two planets in that house. Okay. And they're in Sagittarius, but it's Mercury, which is the mind. What's my interest? Mm-hmm. It's what's hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finding out the, the secrets and the mysteries. Mm-hmm. And my Venus is in there. So I love it. That's my idea of a good time. Yeah. And Sag- I'm a Sagittarius. So, okay. you know, it's a seeker of knowledge, but in what area, what kind of knowledge? Mm-hmm. So it's fairly specific. So I love the ghost stories and anything about mystics or um you know gurus and sages from india and uh, there's a there's a book you've probably read it diary of uh, autobiography of a yogi i actually have it i have it on my shelf right now i have like a big old shelf full of books that i still need to read because i keep picking up titles and i'm like oh i'm drawn to that i'm drawn to that and so i'll keep buying them but it's sitting right there That's one that you would love as well. It's a bit of a classic. You know, stories like that, I've just always been so attracted to all of those things. So now we're getting all this extra information and, you know, scientific backup and how it works in our brain and all that's all very fascinating as well to me because it helps ground it, I guess, for our Western mind and how we think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the sages speak so, you know, it's so metaphorically and it's hard to grasp what they really mean if you don't know mm-hmm. so yeah a bit of western style i found has been really helpful yeah beautiful and interesting how it kind of comes together like that that all the things woo are were just kind of mocked for a long time and they made sense to so many people but they were seen as lesser than mm. but now i feel like it's coming you know full circle where western science is supporting it and so yeah. people are, and other people, we're all just like waking up and it's making sense to so many people. Okay, so I want to talk about astrology and just what it is because for the longest time, Vanessa, I just, I knew I was a Scorpio and I thought that that's mm-hmm. all there was to it. Like when people talked about it, I'm like, oh, I'm a Scorpio. And it yeah. was honestly just a couple years ago when people, someone had asked me, what's your moon sign? And I'm like, Scorpio. They're like, well, what's your sun sign? I'm like, Scorpio. (laughs) They're like, oh, you're a double Scorpio. I'm like, what, what does that mean? And then they started talking about, yeah, like your moon sign and your ascending sign. I don't, it's like a foreign language to me. When you were saying that your teacher was talking in a foreign language, like that's me right now. When you're bringing all of this up, I'm like, I don't understand it. It's fascinating to me. I resonate with it deeply, but I have no clue about it. And this past weekend, I was just like, binging on your book reading about all these things and so I understand the words a little bit more but I still don't understand how it comes together so because you're the expert I would love for you to talk to me and us everyone that's going to be listening about what is astrology and especially for someone who's maybe more skeptical who thinks there's not any truth to it what is astrology okay so it's a sim- it's a system and it's been developed over thousands of years There's a few different branches. So the most popular style is the one that I practice, which is a modern, holistic, humanistic, psychological approach. 
as opposed to, say, traditional ancient astrology was really focused on events and um, how things are going to work out externally, how to choose the best dates to build something or do something or conquer a foreign land. And um, But now we're aware of psychology and modern astrology has been uh, kind of tweaked by Jungian psychologists in particular, so even more interesting to Scorpio types. So it's a system, it's based on, don't even ask me how or why it works, but it does. It's like tarot or tea leaves or who knows. They they all seem to work. mm -hmm. It's really old. It's thousands of years old. Um, It really started coming into its own probably uh, 2,000 to 1,800 years ago. Mm And now we have this modern, really modern system with the whole chart and the aspects and the psychological layer, I suppose you'd say. You know, we see it as um, whatever we experience externally is really representing something internally. So it gives us more control over our reality, I suppose. Which mm-hmm. quite, I quite like it for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a system. It's based on um, reading archetypes or themes of each planet and sign so you've got planets so we're all a sun sign you're a scorpio because the sun was in scorpio your moon was in is in virgo actually and it was in virgo when you were born so it's like a the chart is like a snapshot of the sky from the position you were at when you were born Mm -hmm. and i guess the idea is that um somehow these flavor it's like it stamps a little imprint on us when we're born and we're sort of working to that map for the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. and we can either go the high road or the low road but it shows us like our settings that we're working Mm -hmm. with that's a theory and yeah so it's really about understanding the archetypes and themes of each planet I always say just stick to the keywords and combine those keep it simple so you learn the planets the signs the houses of the chart Mm -hmm. and then the aspects that the planets make to each other. So it's like a four key code. It's that easy, but it's, you do have to learn those layers to be able to put the bits together. And that's what my book's all about. All those bits that you need to put together and then, okay, this is how you do it. Now you try. You're like, yeah, your book is beautiful for that reason. It's very digestible and you kind of Mm. give these, pop culture examples Mm. or you break it down in a western way that you're like oh yeah this makes sense this makes sense and just those like four things like you said that you need to know I mean there's more than that but it's very digestible which I love um in your opinion okay so this just came to me and maybe you have no opinion of it at all but do you feel like astrology has just always been here like not so much it's been developed as it's just the most ancient of wisdom. Like it's kind of always been here and then passed down. Or do you feel like it was developed at some point? Because I think about like especially, I mean, the U.S. is very Christian for the most part. Or at least maybe that's just where I'm living. But I think about even <laughs> the Christian tradition and I'm like, even in like the Bible, there was the wise men who looked at the stars, you know, mm. and they, it was, it's very old. And I think people push it away but I'm like well your roots are kind of founded in this right that's right you know well that's I like yeah it's a really interesting topic even just the the spirituality the Christianity the the whatever spirituality and astrology and 
the woo that's happening. It's a really, I'm writing an article on that soon, actually. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, well, Christianity is it's not very old. It hasn't been around for very long. Right. And astrology certainly predates that. Yeah. You know, and I haven't done a lot. Of, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Yeah. Um, and I haven't done a lot of research on the bible and you know different other different religions because i just mm. i just want to go past that but i do think you know we do know that christianity is built on different religions that predated it and it's you know it's been mixed and mashed mashed Absolutely. in and there is all that and there's that idea of yeah there's a lot of um what would you call it, astrological symbols in mm. the metaphors that are the stories, mm -hmm. you know, in the Bible with, yeah, following the star. There's also one that I, quite, I think is quite interesting in terms of, you know, Christianity, there's a lot of patriarchal bent on it. You know, it was really mm. written by the culture of the time, which mm. was pretty patriarchal Absolutely. and still has been we're breaking out now thankfully but uh venus you know in astrology we have venus the old name for that was lucifer no <laughs> because, way yeah yeah and it simply meant uh bearer of light something like yeah. that and the cycle that venus makes in the sky if you track it and draw a line, it makes a perfectly formed five-pointed star that looks no like a way. pentagram. That is so fascinating. Yeah, so there's all this idea that, you know, Venus represents the feminine or female mm. uh, relationships, love, things that are maybe not so valued in a patriarchal <gasps> society. And so Wouldn't Venus is then the devil. It's the devil and... You know, it's evil and Lucifer and literally the devil. And so the devil is woman and Venus. You know, it's it's mm. when you start to understand the bigger symbols and where things come from culturally, it's so fascinating. And that's, you know, certainly a door for liberation as well. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe one should study that more. <laughs> I Maybe you should. I mean, yeah, someone needs to. Someone needs to study that more. That's so fascinating. Isn't Do you it? feel like maybe with people rejecting like any other woo-woo practice do you feel like that is rooted in patriarchy of just like let's push away that and let's only do what we say which is like a system or I don't know because I kind of feel like everything woo not everything woo but it's more feminine because it's more feeling do you think that well I do think that if people reject, say, something like astrology, it's because they don't understand it for yeah. a start. So they don't even really know what they're rejecting. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to dig down and ask them, well, what is it? Because that will tell you so much about them. Ooh, I love and, that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do. Th I do think it's about cleaving to the known and what's acceptable in society and not branching out and discovering other things. Mm. I think astrology will attract a certain type because it is a system like it is a system based on observation and if that's not science I don't know what is oh, but it's it's more than that because you have this which is probably why I was attracted to it because I wasn't super woo like I'm very like okay pragmatic how mm -hmm. does this work I need to know and some woo things you can't know rationally how that works that's the point and that's why it's so powerful but astrology, you get to have both. You've got your system, you've got this structure, and from there you can tap into, you know, that other part of your brain or knowledge that seems psychic or intuitive or whatever. But you always have this place that you can return to that's a bit of an anchor. Mm. 
So I think that's why that attracted me. Like I feel like I'm not very good at reading, say, tarot cards and some people just have got the gift. I need a bit more um, of the structure, I suppose. Mm. But then I haven't learned to read tarot properly and what all the archetypes mean. So, Absolutely. again, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think... And I, yeah. Oh, sorry. If you were going to say something. I was just going to say about the valuing. Yeah, I do think um, these things haven't been valued and we're afraid of them. Mm-hmm. And if we, you know, if we go to woo that we won't, you know, it's all about belonging and being accepted at the end of the day. That's basic survival needs. And if you stray too far from the group, you'll be rejected. So Absolutely. the more that this becomes mainstream and acceptable, the more people that wouldn't have picked it up before will pick it up because it's safe now. It's okay to explore those things. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's um, probably starting to be seen as an asset and an attractive quality so that's yeah i'm I'm really excited about it becoming mainstream and i'd like it to uh be more acceptable i'm definitely part of that wave absolutely (laughs) me too i'm here for it um that's something that's so interesting i love that you said that if people are rejecting it it means that they don't they don't know about it you know it's not something that they've experienced or if some i've also think if someone fears something it just means they don't know it yet the other day my husband was watching the simpsons the cartoon show and i was like i hate this show i'm like why are you watching it i hate it and he was like you've never even seen it you can't judge something you've never seen and i was like you know what you're right i've never watched this show ever I can't judge it's it. It's true. And sometimes we don't realize we're saying that. It's just those moments where we get caught out and we're okay to say, okay, I've caught myself out with that. And that's that point we get to grow and expand. Yeah. That's a really exciting point. And right you know there. what? I realized that it was because when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't let me watch that show. And so that yeah. was just like this deep conditioning that I was like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm projecting that on him. But you yeah. know what? I've never watched it. I never watched it as a kid and I don't really watch cartoons as an adult. So I've never seen it. So you're right. I was judging it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Like, and you internalized a message and you didn't even realize. And yeah. that's, that's all of us with all of our little limiting, oh, I can't go past that boundary, mm-hmm. you know? So, if, you know, I find that's the most exciting point to realize because we're so unconscious about it mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah okay so I want to talk about just briefly <clears throat> this age I feel like it's an age of awakening and especially an age of women waking up yes. and I've heard it said before that we were in the Piscean age is that right and now we're in the Aquarian age well no one really knows exactly when that is but it does okay. seem to be around this time so yes so that's called uh the procession of the equinoxes and it's this larger cycle that's around a 2000 year cycle so it seems to be the case you know the biblical um christianity really represents the pisces archetypes and themes you know there's literally fishes mm-hmm. there's this magic happening it's all built you know it's meant to be about compassion and mm-hmm. loving the downtrodden you know it's all very pisces which is the beautiful side of it unfortunately of course you know the cultural side has been a lot more controlling of people and it's you know not necessarily been it's a shame we didn't get the heightened part of that piscean culture mm-hmm. that we could have got which is yeah, sad. We got something else. But um, it seems to be the crossover now, doesn't it? Like if we're going into Aquarius for the next 2,000 years, we are literally, we've entered the information age, which is Aquarius. Mm-hmm. It's an air sign. It's about technology as well. And technology has brought us that information with the internet. So I really see the internet as a big 
step into that. That's mm-hmm. that's our key right there. You know, the quantum computing is being developed quite rapidly. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think, and that, that extra flow of information that we all, all have access to is why this new wave is even able to happen with the mystic stuff. It's like the last flush of that Piscean promise is upon us, mm-hmm. thankfully. Mm-hmm. Just a quick, quick run through at the end and then we dive into whatever Aquarius is going to bring, you know, which is why I think it's so important to um, and why maybe we're all more open now with all this information everywhere, what's real, what's real, what's not. Our best access is our own inner intuition because we always know. So it's so confusing out there. And, you know, we know all about the, you know, the red flag or false flags or whatever it is. Everyone has their own opinion. We need to find what our own is and our source. So I think that's the greatest thing that all the woo is going to give us is access to our own inner knowledge because we know. We know everything. We have access to all information from within. So why try to Google it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, something that's so interesting um, that I was reminded of as you were talking about technology in the Aquarian age um, I was, I do kundalini yoga and I watch Rama TV and, um, this teacher was talking about this, about the age of technology. And she was saying that technology, like outer technology, like our smartphones, our iPhones, our, the internet, whatever, it's always a representation of what's going on within us as well. So I feel like it's also going to be an age of like, inner technology where we're going to be more quantum beings we're going to like manifest more quickly like children are coming now and they're going to be much more in tune with their spirituality and like that's going to be heightened so I feel like our technology within us is going to be way more I don't know magnified it's going to be like quantum yeah yeah that's a really good way to see it actually that's a really good point and it makes me think of you know the west really um we've made leaps and bounds with external technology whereas you know in Asia it's all about they've you know spent the last few thousand years going inward Mm -hmm. and developing that technology that we're now benefiting from it you know (laughs) since it came to the west that's when things have really blossomed and um yeah I agree it's like thinking of technology in a really different way it's like biotechnology Mm -hmm. in a way absolutely Yeah. yeah and the teacher she was saying like look at like little kids when like they're born and like toddlers are like whizzing through an iPad and just like knowing what to do. And like old people are like, you know, like (laughs) slow turtles, like pressing buttons. And I feel like kids are coming just like ready and like open and they can figure things out quickly. I feel like their body is ready for this heightened technology, you know? Okay. So I want to talk about the planets because I think it's so interesting that I feel like from a young age it kind of made sense to me that like why do we have all of these planets right why do we have all these planets in our solar system like I think people just think that they're there but they all Mm. serve a purpose right like they They all they all (laughs) they all in astrology they all have a certain energy attached to them right yeah that's so that's the thing that's the archetypes you know just representing archetypes within ourselves so that's where you know I can't really say how that works with the planets being where they are yeah except we do know you know the moon does influence us with gravity um jupiter funnily enough does you know jupiter's part of the archetype is that it was you know 
the king or the queen. It was the ultimate in, in Greek and Roman astrology. It was, um, you know, Zeus, the king of the gods, and quite benefic. And actually in our universe, its gravity pushes out, um, you know, comets and satellites and things like that that would hit us. It just kind of ejects them from our space. So how did they know that back then, Mm -hmm. you know, when these themes were decided on and the archetypes? Mm -hmm. You know, we know now because we have telescopes, but they didn't have that. I'm curious, how did they know? It's amazing. And just using that, again, yeah, their own inner technology Mm -hmm. to know those things. So now we're more rational about it and, um, you know, we, we can understand, okay, well, Jupiter represents this, the moon represents that. I can't tell you why it works. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so there's these there's, there's basic planets, their themes, and, and I guess the most important would be the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. The sun represents how, you know, that's our star sign, what we think of as our star sign. For, so, so when someone asks Scorpio, you what your sign is, yeah, it's usually that's, your, that's your sun sign. When I say yeah, I'm a Leo or I'm a Scorpio or Pisces, yeah. that's your sun sign. Okay. So that's, yeah, I am. So the sun represents... Uh, in astrology and in your chart, it represents your concept of self, like the I am, how you identify, what you identify with. So that's why I think it's so strong in like you're like, oh, I'm a Scorpio and that seems to be enough because you do identify as that, Mm -hmm. whereas, say, the moon represents emotional life, instinctual life, uh, what you need to feel safe and nurtured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you know someone's moon sign, Sometimes it's better than knowing the sun because you know what they need to feel an emotional connection and safe. You know exactly what to do if they're upset. You know, someone with moon in Taurus, feed them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's sensual. It's about that. If it's someone with a moon in a water sign, you just need to empathise with their feelings. It's not really about rationalising. It's a feeling thing. An air sign person, they need to talk about their feelings and they probably need to talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you have moon in Virgo. So although you're a Scorpio and, you know, you would identify with those Scorpio things, moon in Virgo is a different element, very interested in uh, health, diet, nutrition. So, mm-hmm. so you are. That, so I <laughs> am. So you are, and um, it's also very much interested in service. Mm-hmm. You know, a service. It's very. I think Virgo is very goddess-like. You know, it's very unto itself. It's very analytical. <laughs> you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we move from that to then we have a rising sign. Okay. So they're the three things that probably most people are starting to hear about. So your ascendant or rising sign is the sign that was on the horizon when you were born. So the sign that was rising. And yours is in Capricorn. So here we've got another earth sign. So you're looking more earthy now. Because Virgo is earth as well. Also earth, yes. So we're looking at water and earth now. And Capricorn is... um, very professional earth sign it's all about business it's all about authority and um again it's a little bit with the service i guess it's an earth sign so there's a real practical overlay so the ascendant is like your outlook on life and how people first see you so first they're going to meet the capricorn when they get to know you a bit more they'll real you know they'll sort of understand the scorpio vibe and when they really get to know you they'll start to understand that inner sanctum of that virgo and what's important to you in that way it's like a little layers so 
when people first meet you, they'll meet probably more professional. Mm-hmm. They'll meet like, oh, she's got it all under control. <laughs> I don't. Capricorn. <laughs> no, but you'll appear that you okay. do because it's the rising. It's like it's like the the front door, like what's at the front of the house, yeah. the shop window, yeah. and it's also how you would meet how you meet new situations. So if you go to a party, you come in as your ascendant sign. And then when you feel comfortable, you go into that sun sign. So with Capricorn Ooh. rising, I always say, you know, be formal, shake people's hands, introduce yourself, like mm. just get the formalities out of the way so mm. that you can move past your ascendant sign. Absolutely. <laughs> and into who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, business would be important to you and structure and um, yeah, representing yourself well. Interesting. Which also, yeah, goes with the this the Virgo moon. But your interest seems very much, you know, you're really representing as a Scorpio too mm-hmm. and bringing in the woo. So I'm going to go from that to then we look at the house system. Mm-hmm. So you have the sun in Scorpio. The sun is where we shine and how we shine. So how is the Scorpio way? Where is the house system? So it's in the ninth house, which rules... Um, international media (laughs) with a podcast (laughs) no way this is great and I love your podcast I've been listening to a few and I really feel like um yeah you know what you're doing I feel really connected like you know I'm having a nice chat with my friend and I feel really comfortable you shine doing this sort of thing and it's true you do and yes, it's media, it's spin, it's um, higher so my ideals. Scorpio is in the ninth house. Is that what you just said? The sun in Scorpio the is sun. in the ninth. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you happen to be using this media, but you're talking about things that are important to the Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So it's the Scorpio topics with a bit of the moon in Virgo too. Because mm-hmm. I think even, um, you know, your sort of beauty background, that's very mm-hmm. Virgo, you know, tidying everyone up. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> this is fascinating. It's so oh my Virgo. Goodness. Yeah, those details. Wow. So you have quite a few planets um, in that ninth house. They're all above the horizon, which means it's very uh, external. So what, is it, so what does that mean, having <clears throat> other planets so, in that house? So that means this area is even more specific to you. It's important to for all these parts of you to express through this area, which also rules international travel okay. as well. I love so, travel. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have Mars. You have, hang on, Mercury is actually in your eighth house. It's just about to go into the ninth, so that's the Scorpio area of woo. Mm-hmm. So where's your mind? It's like, oh, I'm interested in the secrets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so your mind's secrets. there too. Same with mine. Yeah, what's hidden? What are the secrets of the universe? Mm-hmm. And that also is Scorpio's interest. But you want to get it out into the media and into the world and have those really big, broad conversations with lots of people, you know, through yeah. media. Yeah. Through travel as well. You would really shine traveling. And the house the sun is in shows us how we learn about ourselves. It's the, the field that we're playing in. So for you traveling, you would grow exponentially in travel really important mm-hmm. the other part of that house is teaching so okay. yeah Interesting. so I mean you're bringing that to people through your podcast and I think that you'll probably move um more and more into that as you gather information okay. you know you'll be 
um, turning it back as a teacher and presenting it to people. And you'll shine doing it. You'll be a natural teacher. Well, you already are. Oh, thank you. Um, I was wondering, so in your book, for the ninth house, it says that religion is also tied to it. And me yeah. being, like, very religious growing up, do you feel like that was, like, big tie for me? Just because – what does yeah. that mean? What does that mean, it's, the religion part of the ninth house? Well, they say religion for the ninth simply because it's, you know, a structure that's been made about, you know, larger philosophical concepts. So okay. when we get to the aspects, the ninth house is at a square angle to the twelfth house, which is also Pisces, uh, the Pisces area. So it's like the ninth is associated with Sagittarius. So those houses and signs you know, it's like the Sagittarius or the ninth house. From the ninth house, you can just see that mystic 12th house. You can see mm-hmm. what you're after, but you're not quite there. So <laughs> at the ninth, you are invested in, um, well, investigating it and, and building a structure, which, you know, some people have interpreted as churches. It can be anything. It's, it, okay. it doesn't mean it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. It's just someone's it just built a structure okay. around the philosophy, the concepts of this higher-minded <clears throat> conceptual stuff. Okay. What what ha- what happens with that culturally and socially is something else. Okay. So, Beautiful. yeah, okay. not good or bad. So there's an interest in it. There's an interest. Okay. And, you know, maybe someone with the ninth will break free of it because they have this need to search and they realise that there's they can expand more. So the ninth is really about expansion. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised you grew out of that. Yeah. And wanted to surpass it. But even within mm. that, even when I was very religious, I was very mystical in the religion. I was always wanting yeah. to get like deep and down yes. and like fa- and I was very like woo-woo even in religion. I would like ask a question and then open up the Bible and hurry and look for an answer. You know, it was very like fortune cookie, like woo-woo even with yeah. that. But I just wanted to like get deep and find the mystical side of it all. But yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, so I have, you said four planets in the ninth. Uh, one is almost in, so it's okay. I'd say it's on the cuff. So three, so your Mars is in there as well. Okay. So Mars is our action principle. <clears throat> it's how we get things done. It's our energy. Mm-hmm. It's what we're, yeah, how we get things done. So yours is in, <clears throat> excuse me, Libra. So you like to do things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something else that backs that up, which is your moon in the seventh house, which is the house of the other. So since the moon's important, relationships one-on-one relationships not just marriage but yeah marriage partnership any equal relationship very important for you and you probably dive into them quite quickly so great for interviewing mm-hmm. I'm not surprised you're starting to go this way mm-hmm. I actually I actually am good at interviews my husband's been interviewing for a job um like these past couple of weeks and I like remember that buzzy feeling of being in interviews like I think I really like being interviewed or presenting yeah know, it's really fun for me yeah, so for you, because the moon's there, that will really feed your need for emotional connection. And that's where you go when you need to feed that emotional side of yourself. So, and the moon is also rules gut instinct. So you'd have a really good instinct for um, how how to, you know, get the most out of an interview because it's the moon. Moon often, often represents women. Mm-hmm. So here, here you are, like, have you interviewed any guys? Nope. Maybe not. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's going to probably be predominantly women or yeah. uh, around those things yeah. or a very sort of moony, more feminine sort of male, mm-hmm. interestingly. Um, but, yeah, so Mars and your Mercury also is in the sign of Libra. So it's doing things together and you'll probably get things done at your best if it's motivated by either doing something with someone, meeting someone somewhere, doing it together, mm-hmm. doing it even for someone, you know. Okay. And and also Libra is very beauty, so the action, so that sort of goes in with your past as well. Mm-hmm. The action, there's a lot of energy for making things beautiful and decorating and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of thing as well. Yeah, that's right up my alley. Interesting. This is so fascinating. And like, yeah, I mean, we don't know each other, but you're speaking all of this truth about me. This is all this, so interesting. It's all in there. So mm-hmm. I'm going to jump to to one of your other signs okay. because it's different to those. So you're a mixed bag of the elements and the modes. So you've got a lot to draw on. It makes you a broader person, mm-hmm. which is can be handy. Mm-hmm. But it also means there's different facets of you that need to be um, fed. Okay. as well so but I think it, it works in quite well so you have Venus Venus is a personal planet it's important it's how we relate to people what we love so if you say oh I love travel well your Venus is in Sagittarius which mm-hmm. is a sign of travel so Venus what do you love keyword in Sagittarius travel mm-hmm. <laughs> so that backs up that house placement that you have as mm-hmm. well But the area of life your Venus is in is the 11th house, which is the largest social milieu. It's larger groups of people. Mm -hmm. It's clubs. It's, I think it goes quite well with the ninth house because it's, um, yeah, connecting with larger groups of people. So what you're doing right now really works for that. Mm -hmm. It's social. Like people with Venus in the 11th usually, you know, they love to get out and be social in Sagittarius as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be quite motivated to do that mm-hmm. so there's a part of the school it's like Scorpio is so private it's amazing so that you're private. so private so what you're doing I think is amazing that you are so good at sharing all these personal things like that's a skill not even if people want to do that it's knowing how to do it as something else mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I'm that good at it but you're great at it and but you've got these really um placements of this you know personal sign private sign but need to share need to connect you know what but I'm interesting about that because I do know that I'm secretive but I don't even know why like it could be about anything like my husband (laughs) I could be leaving to go to the store and my husband's like where are you going I'm like I don't know nowhere like why does (laughs) it like I'm so secretive but I don't know why it's just this thing that I, I just like I keep things I don't know I keep things close but I also just wanting to not I don't know I think there's also harm in keeping everything so yes. tight to me that I felt yeah. a need to just like push it out and share some just because it gets heavy yeah. if you're just constantly yeah absorbing and for you I think that's why like yeah there's the privacy but then you this place these placements these areas of life where you're compelled to express mm-hmm. yeah you have to share it so that's a real balance you know if your son was saying also in Sagittarius it would be really easy for you but mm-hmm. yeah you've got these two things you've got to balance here but the Venus I find people with Venus in the 11th get a lot of inv- social invitations mm-hmm. and just yeah they just love it so this okay. feeds that for you as mm-hmm. well like I think what you're doing is blending 
it's a really good blend of what your chart's looking like to me. Yeah. But, yeah, love. What do I love? I love travelling. How do you like to relate in a Sagittarian way? So, you know, a bit of humour. It's light. It's funny. Have a laugh. Talk about the philosophical thing. <laughs> Be very positive and motivational and supportive. And, yes. And about knowledge, like expanding knowledge and seeking knowledge um, with the group as well. Mm-hmm. And you're drawing, you really seem to be drawing well on that larger social milieu to bring people in for those interviews into the seventh house, into, mm-hmm. you know, really connecting with people mm-hmm. where your moon is. Yeah. Did you see how it's all sort of working yeah. in? Yeah. And, mm. it, and it's just interesting, <clears throat> like the balance you were talking about, because it is an interesting dichotomy where I am the Scorpio and I kind of like to go within and just not share everything but I also need that I need to share but I feel like it's very interesting that other systems support this it's like truth is truth so in Myers and Briggs I'm an ENFP and an ENFP is is um, an extrovert but it's the only extrovert that recharges alone like I have to go within to recharge or even my human design I'm a projector and so I need energy from other people but then I have to go and be alone so it's really interesting how this all it's it's very holistic and it supports all the other systems it's really interesting and I love to see those connections too I think it's fascinating it's like yeah all roads lead to Rome Mm -hmm. at the end of the day so just choose your path and get really good at it that's my approach and And then I like to oh sorry yeah yeah. what were you gonna say how you go I was just gonna say and whatever path resonates with you right like astrology you it it makes sense to you and you felt called to it and it was calling to you, but there's going to be paths that make sense to other people and that resonate with other people. And I don't know. I just think whatever path is resonating with you. Yeah. All paths lead to Rome. I just think there's so many paths that lead to truth. Like pick one that brings happiness to you and just like go with it and follow it. So knowing my chart, helped me to focus more on astrology so I've got a lot of planets in Sagittarius mm-hmm. and the, the theory with Sag is you know jack of all trades master mm-hmm. of none because it's a mutable sign mm-hmm. which means it's very adaptable and responsive and mm-hmm. wants change all the time so right, have you done your human design are you a manifesting generator do you know yours or no um I did have a look after I listened to your did podcast you? and it was yes but yeah, manifesting generator. Yeah, that's very like, like that. MG yeah. to be like jump to jump to jump to jump. Interesting. Yeah, so okay, it's so. all works yeah. out the same. So knowing that, and I am good at lots of things, like, and I'll get bored quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's in my nature to keep chopping and changing. And I thought, well, I can see that I'm doing that. So I'm going to really choose a few things that I'm going to devote myself to mm-hmm. and then allow this free-ranging thing to also happen while I'm mastering something. Yeah. So I did really love astrology and I took it on consciously that, okay, we're just going to focus on this mm-hmm. and we're not even going to go all out with the astrology. We're going to really build this solidly one step at a time. So mm-hmm. even now I do keep it fairly basic. Like you can really range out in astrology. There's a lot of you can go way out into the galaxy where it's just not even grounded. It's just you know, so far into concept and away from reality, mm-hmm. which is fascinating and amazing. But knowing that <clears throat> I have that propensity, I'm like, okay, just stick to this. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you can use it. Yeah, hold this have, craft. Yeah, and I have a Taurus ascendant, so an Earth ascendant like you. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the rest of the signs, it sort of has to filter through this ascendant. So Taurus is... And same with Capricorn, it has to be 
a system. It has to be usable. How can I use this every day? How can I ground it? It's earth. Mm. So like, okay, how can I ground all this knowledge <laughs> in a usable way? And that was the point of Star Power, the book, mm-hmm. was, okay, make this accessible make it usable for people that are just stepping in what would have I liked to have read when I first found astrology what would have been the most helpful way mm-hmm. so <laughs> if I had say a Sagittarius or Aquarius ascendant it would be so conceptual it just wouldn't be useful at all right. but it'd be fascinating for people that love that kind of thing mm-hmm. mm. So that's how it all works together as well yeah that's mm. beautiful yeah it's beautiful you're a beautiful package for exactly what you're doing here on the earth you know and we all are and that's why I love um, the validation that astrology brings us as well it just shows you know you are your unique blend look at how you're already functioning quite highly with what you're doing it can help just validate you know because your path is your own it is unique you might resonate with something that's happening but you're going to have your own take on it and you're going to have these other bits that don't match into that and it helps you to remind you that that's okay Mm -hmm. and to give time to them too it's very yeah it's so validating of how unique you are and then of course that you're struggling with um you know the patterns people's patterns are all in the chart as well and so it just sort of helps hone in on that did you already tell me what (laughs) mine were that I was struggling with you can tell me your patterns I can tell you yeah so that's in the aspects at the end of the day, that really comes down to aspects. And if you have a flow between two planets or a challenging, we call it a square. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have some really helpful things, actually. Let's look at your aspect grid. Okay, so I think your most difficult aspect, and you don't have many, lucky you, is you have a square aspect from Chiron, the wounded healer, to Mercury. So what that means is Mercury rules the mind and thoughts. So something, let me look at the house system for those. Chiron's in the sixth. So Chiron in the sixth can show, um, you know, if, if you're out of balance or if your thoughts are really out of whack, you're going to feel it in your body. You're going to get like physical symptoms. And the other thing is, Chiron in the sixth often can be a bit like, you know, feeling that your body isn't beautiful or there's something wrong with your body. Like you'll have a sensitivity to that. Mm. Um, aspect to it also means, you know, you might end up being taking on um, healing in terms of nutrition, um, herbs, you know, mm. natural medicine, natural healing, um, and through food because it's in the sign of cancer. But um, square Mercury can mean, you know, you're getting wounding communication to your mind or you may have even had internalised thoughts that were wounding to you. I would say, you know, based on what I know about you, perhaps from the church, you know, these things really, really struck you deeply and were hurtful, you know, the way that you were being conditioned to think or you know, and maybe that's what's motivated you more to bust out because it's like, hang on a minute, this is too much for me. Mm-hmm. So learning about, I don't know where you are with your own internal dialogue or where you've come from with that, but I would assume there's been some sort of like wounding to thinking and communication yeah. and very sensitive to other people too, how they're um, like speaking to you. If someone mm-hmm. is speaking to you harshly, I would say you're particularly sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. 
do you say do you relate to that yeah absolutely <laughs> as you were talking like all of these like pings were coming to my head I'm like yes 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 so I feel like I could go on many different tangents with this but absolutely I remember reading the book um you can heal your life by Louise Hay yes, like years yes. and years ago and it resonating with me like so strongly and I was yeah. always so confused how everyone else didn't resonate with it as strongly because I'm like of course your body holds so much stress and emotion and just blocked energy it made sense to me in such yeah like such a visceral way so yeah absolutely I I 100% have gone through my own healing journey of like not being okay and doing a complete overhaul on it with nutrition but also bringing in spirituality and also like the mental conscious work of thinking better thoughts and getting rid of limiting beliefs that we all have absolutely but especially in a place that was so densely like patriarch yeah it was just it was there was so much like dense energy and I feel like for me I I like push that away so much and I don't even know sometimes I feel like I have like past life stuff too where I'm like oh something happened work because I like especially when you were saying how people talk to me if it's like a very patriarchal um form of speech with me I like resent it and I oh like I dispel it like it, it's not okay with me so yeah as you were talking I was like yeah that really makes sense with like communication with so yeah that's really really interesting yeah. so that's so I guess if that's one of my struggles how do I best hone that so that my whole life I'm not struggling or is it just like that's no. my lot in life am I just always gonna <laughs> struggle with that well, the myth about Chiron is that, you know, he was the wounded healer, <clears throat> but he managed to get past it by kind of surrendering himself to help someone else. Mm-hmm. So I see Chiron as when I was, you know, thinking about writing the book, what I came across was that idea of Alcoholics Anonymous, AA. Mm-hmm. The thing that helps, it seems to be the key that helps there is A, get spirituality of your own kind rather than spirits say in a bottle but um the other thing is mentoring and helping someone else so being the wounded healer and actually this the science on it is that it helps the mentor more than the one you're helping Mm -hmm. so you can do it you can do it just to help yourself so with Chiron I think in aspect to your mercury what that tells me is that a you you know it's being aware of the power of I guess that mind-body connection, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the more aware of it you can become, the better. And, you know, the more you learn and help other people, the more it helps you and the more you learn. So it's a nice cycle you get going with the power of your mind to heal, you know, mm-hmm. and there's it just the square just shows there's a challenge there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the power of your mind to heal, the connection between your mind and the feelings in your body and how these two how can you work these two together like it's not that's the thing it's a square it's not an easy process Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably why the Louise Hay book was so powerful because that's what it's all about in the end Mm -hmm. it's just the power of your mind and to either make you feel unwell or well like Mm -hmm. it's just kind of pushed the point I think that you pretty much already understand it I don't think that it I mean you may always be sensitive to it but this is where you start the more aware you are of these things and how they work, that becomes your superpower. And because you are sensitive to it, it's your superpower. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't even notice, which means you can't help anyone else with it, which means you can't help yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a perspective. Is it a good thing or bad thing? Is it something that you want to 
leave behind or do you want to utilize this amazing sensitivity that you have in this area yeah to continue to heal yourself and particularly other people Mm -hmm. that's so interesting yeah someone um on my instagram reached out to me and offered to give me she was like an intuitive and she offered to give me an intuitive session so she just sent me this recording that was like 15 minutes long and one of the things she said in it was by sharing the medicine that's helped you it'll help others but also help to heal you so it's kind of that same thing you were saying of share the medicine whatever that is that could be actual like healing plants like you know herbs and plant-based eating and whatever that is or it could be other tools other books other modalities that are my medicine and by sharing those I could help to heal others but I could also just heal me in the sharing of it that's right yeah it's connected like these two things aren't separate Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to Chiron and because yeah you have these all these sharing placements that's going to be your nature anyway so Mm -hmm. it all feeds back to help you to help other people which helps you to help other people okay it's a nice circuit so that's probably your most difficult aspect I'd say the rest it's just going with you know you have two in terms of signs you have are you on the high road of that sign or the low road of that sign, mm-hmm. which is, you know, say say the moon in the seventh house placement, you know, any strong placement in the seventh could lean towards giving too much compromise in partnership. It could be um, jumping in too early because you really want that emotional connection mm-hmm. and then compromising to keep that emotional connection and feeling of safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a little bit um, leaning into codependency. So that's, you know, which which side of the fence you're on with these things, where's your balance mm-hmm. with that stuff. Yeah. And then other things in the chart that maybe lean into making it harder to get onto the high road or not. So I'll step one more. Yeah. Um, step with that. So in terms of you'll like this one, past lives. Uh-huh. Yeah, tell me more. <clears throat> um, have you heard of the nodes, the north and south node? Um, yeah, I, I have heard that, but I don't. I have no clue what it means. Because is so, it the north no, past lives? No, no so the south? north is where you want to head to okay. because that's up. So the south node is like where you come from. And a theory is it's past lives. If that's too woo, you could just see it as your childhood mm-hmm. <laughs> or something that you happen to be highly developed in already and they we see that as the comfort zone that you need to move out of and to help you move out of that into developing that north node area or this area represented by the north node placement in your chart um, we start to get the shadow side of whatever the sign the south node's in so you have a south node in leo mm-hmm. which means naturally you know, you have, um, you know, you're glamorous, you have this ability to entertain, there's a positive, a positive confidence about it. Mm -hmm. And it's placed in the seventh house of relationships. So relationships for you, you're a natural, you don't have to sweat it, but it's your comfort zone. So you might cling to them a little Mm -hmm. more than you should. So here's the universe helping us out. So those relationships will um, sort of eject you a little bit it won't work so well if you're trying to cling to them Mm -hmm. because it's trying to push you into the north node which is exactly opposite so it's in the first house of pushing out and forming your own identity and and apart from the relationship doing your own thing that's separate Mm -hmm. you know this podcast has got nothing to do with your relationship so that fits 
Uh, it's technology, so the North Node is in Aquarius, mm-hmm. so that goes nicely with your Sun placement. <laughs> it's communication to the group. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's you're being personal about it, but you're also being, you know, non-personal to everyone. Mm-hmm. So the South Node in Leo, it's like when you are, things are all a bit of a drama, you know you're in your South Node. And you've got to move towards that north node of Aquarius, which is also detachment. You know, straight away, oh, things are a bit dramatic. It's all I, 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 this, this, this. Oh, I'm in my south node working the drama. Okay, I just need to detach, look at the bigger picture, what's everyone's part in this. I feel better now. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. detaching for me mean, is that just a mental detachment or is that actually like retreating and spending time alone and like, doing things more with technology like or is it actually just a mental detachment of like okay you know what this is a trigger I can yeah this is triggering me for some reason let me see it for what it is okay now I can move on yeah I think it's a mental it's yeah it's a being more intellectual and rather than oh being caught in in the the fire of the drama Mm -hmm. in a personal way I think it is also though um not so much being alone, just making sure you have that balance of carving your own destiny, basically. Mm-hmm. That's just you and you representing and what is your path that you're on apart from that relationship and making sure you're not making decisions that detract from that in any way to compromise for the relationship. The relationship will take care of itself because you're a natural. You've got your self node there. You just don't need to sweat it. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure that balance happens. Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that because I feel like <laughs> that's going to help me a lot. Because as you're talking, I can see all of that. I can see yeah. that that's been playing out in my life. So, yeah, it, it'll be really helpful that you told me that. I learned a technique um, once. It was a past life regression technique. And I thought, oh, I wonder how this will go using astrology so I did it on the south node Mm -hmm. when someone was practicing on me I'm like I have the same south node but a different house placement Mm -hmm. and it was interesting it was just like I went back to I was in Egypt as everyone always is Mm -hmm. and the Leo thing you know I had this really strong sense of aesthetics and I had I was a guy, I was like high up in the army mm-hmm. and I'd go on slave runs and I had this guy in a gold cage, mm-hmm. um, African dude that was beautiful and he was in skull cage and I was standing back just admiring how beautiful the whole scene was with no <laughs> compassion at all and the outcome of it was, you know, I got this bigger picture and I understood, I got that idea of compassion. I got this like, oh, humanitarian, because Aquarius in the North Node is very humanitarian. Mm-hmm. So I realised, oh, my gosh, I've been so shallow. And if we look at, if that's too woo and we're just going to look at our own lives, it's true, like I had this background of very aesthetic. I do have a design degree. It is important to me and I probably wasn't being compassionate enough. And I am now. <laughs> Thankfully that's mm-hmm. balanced. But, yeah, so that's where that that nodal sort of movement comes in. Mm. We're just, yeah, we can draw on our abilities that we have but in support of that north node, whatever that's suggesting for us. That is so interesting. Wow, that's beautiful. So you said my south node is Leo, right? Yes. And my north node is 
Aquarius. Aquarius. It's always exactly opposite. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so beautiful. Um, So if my, because I am into the woo and past lives and everything, because my past is in Leo, what do you feel like it's showing you? Is it just showing you what you need to move on from? It shows you not move on from, just don't stay in it as a comfort zone. Don't cling to those qualities. So you can utilize those qualities, you know, they're natural resources that you have. Mm. So your self node in Leo in the seventh, your natural resources are relationships and tapping into them. And this podcast, that's what you're doing, but you're doing it in service Mm. of that North node using technology. You're bringing information to the group who are represent. It's your podcast Mm. that we're on, you know, you're owning it, which is important. I'd say if you were attracted to maybe just going on other people's, that wouldn't be the right road for you. Like you have to have your own, which you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, that is so fascinating. Thank you, Vanessa. Okay, I also want to know, well, a couple more things. Can astrology, I mean, you already touched on it a little bit, but can it predict certain events? Like, yeah. for example, I was talking to you in our past emails about my Saturn return because that's yes. something that I heard about and I was like, oh, that's kind of the age I'm in right now. That must be why my life is so crazy right now because it's a Saturn return. And you were like, well, that might be it, but we could also look at some other things. Is that, what is that? Is that the... So that's the cycle. That's where the planets are now. So we call that a... It's called transits and it's a timing technique. So, you know, like the sun takes a year to do a full circle, Mm. all the planets have that cycle, but they have different timing. Mm. So the Saturn return, Saturn takes about 28 and a half years to do one cycle. So when it returns to the position it was at when you were born, that's your Saturn return. Literally, it's returned to the same place. And we see these as um or they seem to coincide with milestones that we have so the saturn return themes of saturn are taking responsibility it's very maturing so this is we really adult at this point this is where okay you really cut from what and you this is what you want to do as well but we tend to cut from expectations of our parents so if we studied something that our parents wanted us to study this is where we say you know what yeah, I don't want to be an architect. I actually want to be a dancer. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we go and study that. You know, you might take on a mortgage, more responsibility. Um, um, might start a family and have kids, which means, you know, more responsibility and you have to commit more and all the Saturn themes, mm-hmm. commitment, stepping up, um, representing more. It is the sign of your ascendant. It's the ruler of Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important for you. So stepping up, I did write down your Saturn return yeah, stuff. Tell me so, about it. so how do yeah. how can you tell? Because is everyone Saturn return at the same age? Yeah, it's around twenty eight and a half because okay. Saturn it just takes that long to do one circuit. Okay. So it just depends what sign and what house it is in individually for you. But yeah, it's always the same. So other things like say the midlife crisis is another famous one. That because is um, that another Saturn? Cycle? No, that's not Saturn. Oh. So Saturn's all to do with, like I said, Saturn themes, which is um, responsibility, commitment, um, maybe shouldering an extra burden. But okay. it can be a good thing because you could step up in your career, which means probably more responsibility, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. But okay. a midlife crisis is the cycle of the planet Uranus. Mm-hmm. 
So it comes into oppose itself. It has a much longer cycle. So at that opposition, you know, there's themes that Uranus represents, which is people have this radical change. So the, the other thing with it is the further away you are from alignment, the more extreme it seems. If you're really tracking well and doing things as you authentically to yourself, you won't even notice it because you're already on track. But not many people are on track. So it seems like this great big adjustment through crisis and um, to get back on track. So it's a good thing, but can be radical with with Uranus. So there's radical, there's um, like this rejection of, I guess, the next stage. You know, that that classic idea of, say, for men are quite famous for it. You know, they break up with their partner, they go out with someone younger, they buy a red sports car. Yeah. I don't know, they get an electronic skateboard. It's like trying to relive and get back in touch with their youth rather than moving into the next cycle. Mm -hmm. So with Saturn, it's the full return. So we do tend to go with it, except there's that famous group of rock stars that they call it what the 28 club or something like that they all died before <gasps> around at 28 oh crazy you know they died on the cusp of no we're not going to go into that next stage i find that quite fascinating that is fascinating but, yeah oh my and goodness. they all died um so not that most people die at this stage it's actually can be quite exciting because you start getting saturn brings its own rewards Mm -hmm. you know if you yes you have to work hard but you get rewarded for it it's never a wasted effort and it can be yeah really rewarding like you're stepping up and doing what you're doing you're like you know i really want to go this direction with my podcast it's rewarding Mm -hmm. you know it does feel really good and it builds on itself so for you you have Saturn natally in your birth chart in the 12th house, which is the house of the mystic. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's conjunct one degree off conjunction. So it's very close to the planet Neptune, which is also very spiritual and mystic in its own house. So your Saturn return has this extra themes of the mystic and he you are mm-hmm. um deciding now you know what i'm going to really go down this direction and bring it mm-hmm. uh they're both in this, their sign of capricorn so saturn rules capricorn so it's in its own sign so it's extra strong it's not as comfortable in this house because saturn's all about the tangible so is capricorn tangible cold hard reality <clears throat> but it's in this house of like zero reality of going beyond reality it's next to neptune that dissolves everything so that you can escape into the liminal world so with saturn there what are you going to do like how are you going to make some structure out of woo how are you going to structure your spiritual connection while you're doing it by having a podcast and talking about it and Mm -hmm. finding different tools and avenues and paths and ways which is you know as we've discussed other parts in your chart supports that and it all sort of blends in together um so i've got the dates because it's like you know it's this is where the science and the maths is you know you have the dates they'll be exact you know when things are going to be happening and also when they're going to be finished if it's a difficult transit you know okay. when things are get easy so some planets do what appears to be a retrograde like mercury retrograde is yes. the most famous because we just but had one and it was a tough one did. it was a- <laughs> so such a doozy uh so we can talk about that next actually um so saturn also does that so it just happens to be retrograding over your saturn return point 
So you get a few goes at this one. Mm-hmm. It'll hit your satin exactly three times. So the first time it hit, uh, returned, was March in 2018. Okay. It hit again in May 2018. And then the final time it hit was in December 2018. So it's pretty recent. Yeah. So you've had it. It's moved on. Okay. But they I say from about 28 to 32, like at 32, you're pretty clear of it and everything's, you know where you're going, mm-hmm. but things are still in flux in that time. Okay. So, wow. yeah, you're still in it. But there was, for more, there's, for you, there's more than that. So I'd say all your changes are not just based on your satin return. You've had uh, a few other things happening too, which is, I'm just going to yeah, have a look at your Oh, what was this thing that I saw? So you've got oh you've got one coming up actually that's gonna be Uh oh. Um, um, where is that now? No, it's oh no, you've had it. Yeah. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna hit a couple more times. Uh, okay. so Uranus. So the planet we we're talking about just before as part of the midlife crisis, mm-hmm. you happen to have that in an easy flow at the moment. So change for you is easy at this age and that's an age thing as well um so that helps with the satin return at least you're getting this uranus trine like it's called a trine because it's an easy flow aspect mm-hmm. but it happens to be opposite your sun so this planet of radical changes and the unexpected is going to present it means there's going to be situations presenting for you that are really going to sort of shock you mm-hmm. and it, get you to question or look at your identity and, you know, your path, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it can sometimes in oppositions we can project it onto other people. So it could seem like this person on the ex- external is being a bit crazy and that's, but that's affecting you because it's, it's your transit. So what, what is that meaning for you rather than just, oh, my God, they're crazy or they're being unstable and I don't know what I'm doing because they're being so unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun can represent the father. So I have a friend with a similar sun placement and her father is being this, you know, and he is Aquarian. Um, Uranus represents Aquarius. And, but I'm just saying, yes, he's he's representing, but what does it mean for you? Like what is this bringing up in you? That's how you can draw the power back and mm-hmm. not feel like everything is out of your control because this person's capturing the projection and falling into a role for you so that you get to look in the mirror and see, okay, what is it? Mm-hmm. So I would say hands down you've got like big changes that have been happening. You're right in the throes of it now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you'll know what that is for you you know um the other thing that you've got coming wait how uh, when is that one over (laughs) okay when is that one over well let's see so it first hit exactly you know you feel these things coming I think a little build up but when exactly they hit you're really in the middle of it so it first hit in June 2018 Mm -hmm. um then October 2018 Mm -hmm. And then I think actually it's pretty much it's backtracking now to because it's in retrograde as well at the moment um, back onto your sun. But I don't think it quite makes it. But you might sort of feel whatever the theme has been for you, it might come up again a little bit for you to have another sort of tweak at. Mm -hmm. But April 2019 was the last and final hit of that. Okay. So 
Yeah, it gets close, but it doesn't quite hit your sun. So you're not going to get a big, if you've had like real strikes, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get that. I don't think (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. If we were on a podcast, I'd share with you, but yeah. Uh, Tell me later. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because I mean, this is why I love doing charts as well. I have to say every, I can give a, a ballpark, you know, theme for these what events may happen but in a one-on-one session we can really sort of dig down and look at how it's getting played out mm-hmm. and I learn every single time be- from those which is I just love it <laughs> and because everyone's chart's so different and everything does tend to feed in it's like everyone has a different signature on it so that's why I can't really predict exactly who's going to fit this role I just know there's probably going to be a person that fits this role there's going to be change it's going to affect how you identify and see yourself what the actual circumstances I don't know so it's helpful to learn Uh, the other thing that you have with the transits and um, yeah again this is how we predict is Pluto again it's the outer planet's with the really slow cycles that make these big impacts. Like I barely look at where the sun is or Venus, you know, they both take a year to go around the chart. It's They're not going to hang around anywhere for very long. It's just a passing bit of loveliness if Venus transits over your sun, you know, you happen to just look more beautiful. It's a great time for a photo shoot, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. <laughs> but the longer burning transits is the real change and when they're difficult it's a long period of suffering mm-hmm. and you know and I they it will, it will be suffering with some of these but you also know when it's going to end so make the most of it while it's bringing up all the crap mm-hmm. you know uh so and the more you resist the more painful it is of course right. it's just like you surrender, surrender, surrender just surrender yeah. yeah so it helps to know what to surrender to yeah so yeah. you're going to have Pluto, which is the ruler of Scorpio, so Mm -hmm. it's important for you, uh, transit over your ascendant. So the ascendant's a very important point in the chart, so you'll feel it. So, But that's it's so close right now, but because it's so slow and it retrogrades a lot, it just keeps sort of reversing back, coming up, oh, no, going to go back again, so you get a bit of respite. Here it comes again, the pressure's on, oh, it's gone back again, and then it crosses the ascendant Mm -hmm. and you'll probably be feeling it in the background Mm -hmm. but once it crosses that ascendant you'll see it it's like it's over the horizon now it's out of the unconscious Mm -hmm. there it is at least I know what I'm dealing with yeah so because it's because it's Pluto what does that have to deal with so I was just about to get to that so Pluto um keywords are transformation Mm -hmm. and it is a deep and thorough complete transformation things that aren't right it's just it raises them to the ground so it's quite an intense transit you're Scorpio so intensity you know you you feed on that for breakfast (laughs) very intense (laughs) um and it will align you know it just shows that you will go into more alignment and whatever you just can't hold on to anything or resist because all you're holding on to is illusion anyway that's not right for you and that's why it can be painful the more people resist because it will get ripped from your hands rather than you letting it go. Mm. So which would you prefer? It's just identifying what those things are so you can consciously allow it, I suppose. So over the ascendant, so the ascendant's your outlook, how people see you, literally your look, 
So it just means a big transformation is coming. Like you've already been in the throes of transforming. It's not over. Uh-oh. <laughs> but that's a great thing. Like okay. if you're really on this path, you know, on this journey to becoming authentically who you are and max out your potential, you know, the journey to enlightenment, all those things, you know, they say it's, it's careful what you wish for because it's going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. and if that's what you want, this, it's, you know, they say enlightenment and that sort of journey, it's not just bliss. Like it's terrifying when your identity starts to dissolve. It's terrifying to lose the ground that we stand on. But if you're standing on a false ground that isn't serving you, you know, you're looking at the bigger picture, like knowing, trusting, and that's that woo side, the trust. Trust mm-hmm. Trust means you also trust yourself. You trust the universe. You, there has to be an element of trust that helps keep you sane mm-hmm. while it's happening to find the real ground to stand on and that that ground will come again. Mm-hmm. Wait, so what, I, is, what is the real ground? I guess when you're going through like a <laughs> transition like this, what do you, I guess, what is the real ground that you stand on? Well, this is where it's helpful to look back at times this has happened before when you've realized, you've, you realize you're in an illusion. So say for you, the church, you probably bought into a lot of that. And then you started to realize, hang on a minute, I, you're starting to see where the illusion is and a bit more reality. Mm. And I don't know if you had a, a big shift that was scary for you, if it was a just an exciting, I'm stepping out of this and, you know, here's my wings. But for some people, you know, I guess you're still with your family and but some people that have left they lose everything you know and that's the ground gone that's frightening they've just had to trust and start again you know that's a big deal so I guess that's a good situation as an example so if they had say if that was a difficult time in terms of transit say a square from I don't know Pluto or Uranus was squaring their sun I'd say it would not have been an easy transition they probably lost a lot but they they had to in order to grow. You know, once you have that awareness, you can't stay there anymore. It's to your own detriment if you sell out, you know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean there's not a loss that's going to accompany it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm not enlightened. I, I'm not there yet, so I can't say. But my understanding of those smaller transitions that have seemed quite large at the time and have been part of my own growth cycle you know, they have been the dark night of the soul times, you know, where you just you feel like you don't have that ground to stand on. And I've one of my favourite podcasts is Insights at the Edge with Tammy Simons, mm-hmm. um, based in Boulder, I think. And, you know, there's guests on there that they have had these really extreme spiritual experiences and they're like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It is so frightening, you know, they say, People stop at the bliss and think that's enlightenment, they're enlightened. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's just the front door. Like after that there's this can be this really deep depression and, you know, you just feel so lost and then you come out of that slowly and you start to come back to this more, I suppose, neutral place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like listening to those things. It helps. Yeah. So with this, this Pluto transit, I think that it will be quite, um, you know, you'll be a different person after that you know, in a good way because you are embracing these things and you're, you know, willing to build yourself authentically. So, mm. you know, you probably enjoy what there is to enjoy but I would say expect a lot of deep 
slow change. So I'm in <laughs> that right now or it's yet it's to come? coming. I think you can probably feel it mm-hmm. in, you know, it's still in your 12th house, which is the house of the unconscious. Mm-hmm. You can probably feel it, but you'll really see it. Let me look at dates that I've hopefully written down. Yes. So it exactly can conjuncts your ascendant um in february 2021 that's how slow it is february 2021 that's when it comes yeah okay so yeah a couple years (laughs) okay okay uranus opposition Mm -hmm. and we all have these cycles yeah but these particular areas that they hit is different for everyone like pluto is a very long cycle. So not everyone's going to have Pluto cross their ascendant in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I'm but lucky. It will, <laughs> so lucky. Yeah, other people will have it hit their sun, whereas um, some people won't. Like it will never, where's your Pluto? It will never cross your sun. So okay. you get to yeah, avoid that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is so funny. As you were just talking, I was like, I was having this image of the phoenix, you know, like the phoenix yes, just burning. And in the burning, it just seems ugly and painful and like it's never going to be Ash. okay. And then the phoenix rises, you know, it's like That's a right. rebirth and it's okay. That's, right. mm-hmm. and That's it was, exactly it. Yeah, yeah, you've got it. Phoenix is, yeah, very Scorpio themes and, of course, the rule of Pluto mm-hmm. and that dark blackened ash mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. at the lowest point of the cycle, mm-hmm. you know, that's – that's where the phoenix has to come out from. So it's okay to get to that point, knowing that it's a cycle and it keeps moving and you won't be stuck there, you know, and it might not be that bad for you. You know, it might just be like, oh, yeah, I get this cycle and, yeah. But, yeah, there'll definitely be a complete transformation that's so interesting though that yeah that you you just say it's the 12th so it's my it's this didn't you say it's like a deep knowing right is that the 12th house yeah currently that's where it is so it can be sort of you can't put your finger on it yet yeah I can't Mm. but I do but when you said that I was like okay yeah I know what you're talking about not that I know what it's gonna look like at all but just I've can definitely see how I've had other deaths in my life where I look mm-hmm. back and I'm like, who, like, I know that was me, but it feels almost jarring to be like, whoa, I was that yeah. and I thought that and how crazy, you know. And when you look at it back like that, you can see that cycle and that it's just a part of a journey and yeah. how rewarding it's been. So looking ahead, it's like, yeah, I do want to get through that. I don't want to be stuck on this side of that wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so walk through the fire at the phoenix and rise. Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much. In the um, in the transits, or I don't even know if it's in the transits, but does it ever tell you like, just as I'm gonna have a couple hard transits, are there good transits? Like you're gonna be really successful at this year (laughs) or something, or does it not tell us that? So there's often different themes happening, and we've usually got a mixed bag. Sometimes it's you know, leaning into, oh, there's a lot of difficult transits or sometimes we've just got like a big bag of really easy ones, Mm -hmm. but it does always change. So I find with those um, different transits, just say you've got a really difficult one and a really great one. It's like these two themes that are going through your life and you're like, how can this be so good in this area of my life? But this area is just burning to the ground. And, you know, that's, you know, we'll be able to look in the chart and see, oh, that's symbolized by these two things happening. So, yes, make the most of that good one. Cling to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Make the most of it. And this one that's happening, well, 
these are the themes you can work with to at least get the most out of it so that when that planet then moves into a favourable aspect, you get to build on all the hard work you did when it was difficult. Mm. So that's the other thing with astrology, with the cycles, it really helps um, to see the bigger picture, make the most of the times, even if they're difficult, identify what those themes are. So for you, let's look at what's a really great transit happening at the moment. So you've got a mixed bag. You have got some difficult ones and you've got some really great ones. So you have Saturn and Uranus are both in a trine, so easy flow to your moon. So what that means is with Saturn trining your moon, the themes of Saturn, you get the positive side. So things like stabilising, um, commitment, so emotionally the moon. Uh, emotionally you'll feel be feeling quite stable. Mm-hmm. You can commit well. Other people are probably committing well. You just feel like a sense of security. Mm-hmm. So that's quite nice. Um, maybe taking on a little bit more authority but it's easy or a little bit more commitment or responsibility mm-hmm. emotionally, but that feels good. Um, Uranus. So that's change. So emotionally, um, you're really ready for fresh change and it's easy for you and it's stimulating and, you know, situations you're finding, yeah, you're emotionally getting sort of fresh air in and it's in a very easy way, you know, growth in an easy way and a stable way because Saturn is in there stabilising as well. Mm -hmm. So they're working together. So, you know, it's always helpful to have nice transits to the moon. Your moon's in the seventh, so that's, you know, supporting your relationships. Basically, that's where you'll be noticing those things. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, and then, of course, we talked about uh, on the other side, Uranus is at the same time opposing your sun. (laughs) So, you know, so it's, it's. Helps make sense of what seems to be all these different chaotic things happening at once and it's nice to identify the the easy stuff so you can be like, oh, no, well, this is happening too and make the most of that and know that the universe isn't against you or anything. Yeah. And And it's your own growth. Yeah. And I love that you were saying that. Yeah. I feel like the universe kind of throws you a bone. It's like, here's an easy one because this other thing is going to be a little bit hard. So I'm going to have some easy transits and growth that's a little easier and then some growth that's not as easy but it's just as beautiful (laughs) and and you'll benefit you'll benefit from it from it later so don't try to escape it either you know give yourself breaks Mm -hmm. but if you escape try to escape from it and ignore it you just don't get the benefits later so like I'll use mine as an example I had where I really saw it was just so clear the two different threads, you know, as, you know, my book offer came in, like there were just like gifts from the universe coming, thank you, thank you, Mm. and um, at the same time, and, you know, and I can feel, I can still feel it, I feel like I'm on this, there's a momentum and there's a wave that's sort of carrying me, thankfully I caught that wave, Mm. but um, on the other side, relationships are just, you know, I'm getting caned by this Chiron character mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of growth happening there. But because I know the astrology, I'm like, okay, I know the themes and the ballpark I'm working with. I'm just going to like dig. I'm going to make the most of these great opportunities that come. That's for sure. Priority number one. And then work on in the background all the themes that are getting kicked up by this difficult Chiron transit thing to relationships. So to my Venus, which is relationships and moon emotionally okay sort that out at the same time make sure I'm giving time to the work and don't just fall into this 
or ignore that and try to just work on this thinking that will go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, how beautiful. So. Because that's, I think, because that's super empowering. And I love that message that astrology is very empowering if you look at it the right mm-hmm. way and if you're not clinging. I feel like it gets scary when, like, yes. as you were talking about my transits, it felt scary when I thought about clinging. Like, uh oh. I don't want to mess up anything and that's scary. But when I just had the thought of it's okay, just whatever, yeah. whatever happens is for me and just release and surrender, release and surrender. And I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. So I think it's good. It's like empowering and it's giving you just a little peek into the future of what's going to happen and to be okay with it and prepared and to use that energetic shift to your advantage because it's going to help later, you know? Yeah, that's right. That. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. Here's another positive one that I've always liked to say, you know, in terms of the way the chart set out. So, you know, you've heard that saying your star is rising. Mm-hmm. So in astrology, we see that as um, Saturn and where it's placed in the chart. So the top of the chart is like your public image and, you know, career. And if you have Saturn up there that's to do with accomplishment and working hard and um, real-world results, authority. If that's at the top of your chart and career, you're going to assume that your career is going quite well and when you track that and it sort of rises above the horizon, it means that's when your star starts rising and things just sort of start going your way. You know how much time you've got before it gets to the top of your chart. So you want to work as hard as you can Mm -hmm. so that once it gets there, you're really ready because they say the world wants whatever it is you have at that time and things just, you can just cruise on it Mm -hmm. and life will be easy or you can make the most of it. And you really set yourself up for when it starts to go down and then start a fresh cycle. So it's like build your empire. You'll need to change it mm-hmm. or change to something else somehow as for the next cycle, but you can still build on what you built. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that's where am I in that cycle. in that arc? Am I rising? Am I falling? Like where <laughs> am I? You've had you've had your peak moments. So because Saturn's returning in your 12th house of the mystic and you're definitely making the most of that right now stepping into your authority taking on more responsibility with how you're dealing with this finding systems it's all satin stuff for mystical avenues and paths different tools tangible tools mm-hmm. um, and become in doing that becoming an authority on it mm-hmm. actually in the end you'll know so much um, once that hits that so that's coming up to your ascendant so once that crosses your ascendant it's a little bit of a fresh cycle and I remember reading and noting that that was the case when I had this years ago it, you, it's like you have a little bit of an identity crisis because you sort of change like what was working for you before isn't now it's not quite fitting and you're like but I, then I don't know what the new thing is, even because it's your ascendant, it can even be your look. Like when I had this, I was studying fashion and textile design and I was like, I'd gone to Sydney, so a different city for it. And I was like, man, I used to be cool. I used to have a look. And <laughs> it's like I'm having an identity crisis, but I'm studying design, but I look like terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, because they were all new people, I was like, I assure you, I used to be cool. And then I later read that it's literally translates as feeling like you're having an identity crisis. And that's what I was saying to people. I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. Wow. So 
Yeah, and it's it's a it's actually because you already have uh, Saturn ruling your ascendant in Capricorn. It can just be a time of um, you get really focused and really disciplined. And if you just go all in with what you're doing, that's using that Saturn effectively, and it can be a pretty awesome um, time actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to really focus in. When is that? I don't think I wrote that, so I'll quickly look at when that happens for you around oh next year you know it's coming along i think that you'll enjoy it i think okay. that will be really good for you actually really because you're already getting clarity on what you're wanting to do you just basically go for it and become an authority in it mm-hmm. yeah oh, beautiful thank you so much <laughs> vanessa you are this is amazing um can i ask you i have a couple other little questions so your book is first of all it's beautiful and last year I was in, I think I told you, it was in December and I was in Madewell here in the States and saw the book right there in the center table and I just like ran to it because it's this most perfect pink color I've ever seen and it was all about astrology and astrology was something that was like pinging to me, like learn more, learn more, learn more and I opened up the book and it seemed very, like I said before, digestible and so I got it and it's beautiful and I love it and I want everyone to get a copy but I wanted to ask, is the book something that you manifested? Is it something that you always wanted and then the stars aligned and you were able to manifest this beautiful book? Well, I love that you've asked me that question because I have been really wanting to tell this side of the story. And I think it's just too woo for a lot of people and people don't pick up on it. But, you know, I did want to write a book. I moved um, Sagittarius. I love moving. I think it was part of my midlife crisis moment, actually, from Melbourne to the Gold Coast, which is two states away. It's quite far. Mm -hmm. It's really stunning and beautiful here. The beaches are incredible. It's Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And I'd be walking up the beach, you know, on my beach walk every day and just thinking about, you know, I really want to write a book. What would I write a book about? And I didn't, I'm, don't see myself as the most practical person. I'm all like the big idea, Sagittarius. So I didn't even think, oh, but I don't know how I don't know how to get it published. I didn't think about the earth stuff. I'm just in the big idea. I really want to write a book and share all the things I've been learning. I've got so much to say. What would be helpful? Could I combine, like create my own version of astrology and counseling and teach people how to do that, put that together? I just I was a bit far out. Anyway, then I'm all also in the background I'd been thinking about making a vision board not actually doing it because this is me being pragmatic mm-hmm. and actually for woo in some ways mm-hmm. just like hey let me just be science about it and a friend of mine Scorpio very Scorpio she made a vision board a few years prior and I was probably a bit like oh vision board whatever anyway it she manifested it <laughs> So that I really picked up my attention. I'm like, okay, you have my attention now. Mm-hmm. She manifested it, but she was coming from a place of lack. So she manifested it in, careful what you wish for, a way that you wouldn't wish on anyone. So she did it another one. <laughs> Something similar happened. So I'm like, whoa, okay, so I'm just going to observe this for a while. I'm not making a vision board mm-hmm. for a few years until I work out exactly how this stuff works because that was freaky that was freaky yeah so I'm like okay this is there's more to this than it seems not it's not so straightforward so the big the big lesson was do not come from a place of lack we and we all know this now come from a place 
of abundance and how you want it to be. Focus on what you want, what you not what you don't want, because wherever your mind goes, energy flows, and that's what you're going to create. So Absolutely. if it's what you don't want, that's exactly what you'll get. So her situation was um, she wanted uh, she she worked as a dancer and she didn't want to be dancing anymore, and she but she's coming from a place of lack, like I shouldn't have to be doing this anymore. And so she broke her ankle that night. So she couldn't go to work. No way. Yeah. Another thing was her car. She was like, I shouldn't have, I should have a better car by now. I shouldn't have to be driving this car. I want this other car. So this other car crashed into her car and totaled her car. So no, she doesn't have to drive that car anymore. Oh my goodness. Right. Do you know that happened to me as well? I was like (laughs) trying to manifest this certain car. I was like, I just was like visualizing it and same thing. I got in an accident and I got a rental car that was the exact car that I wanted, but it was a rental car. (laughs) I'm like, well, almost. You got the car. It's now quite how I saw it. Well, I did this vision board and some things came out like magic, like the book. So I put the book on there. I actually put two books on there, so that'll be interesting. Ooh, watch out for the it. second one, which, yeah, I haven't pitched it yet, but I'm getting that ready. So one said astrology on it. It had things coming off it like that, you know, builds on itself, which it has been doing. It's been translated already, so that's um, in Portuguese for Brazil. And um, the other things, so that came to me, that literally came to me I had a blog, an astrology blog for a few years and I got this email in from a publisher in London asking if I wanted to write an astrology book. Like I didn't do anything tangible to reach out. All I did was think about this book with no, like writing an astrology book with no limit, limit on it. I was really open about it and coming from a place of what can I deliver to help people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was a big part of the magic. And perhaps putting it on a vision board just helped focus that intention. I still wasn't specific though. I still didn't know what kind of astrology book. I just knew that would be astrology. So the editor Zena said, Well, first of all, I thought it might have been a prank. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't delete it. <laughs> it was too like, good to be on. true. Yes. And I'm just like, that's out of my expectations from what I was about to read. But I Googled the editor and sure enough, she works at there and, okay, this is real, all right, breathe. And um, she said, what kind of book would, you know, what would you like to write it about? It's up to you. Just We just want an astrology book. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, so I have to think of what. So I gave my idea and they're like, yeah, we love it, whatever you want. And it's just, it was so amazing whatever I wanted they were just so beautiful and polite and supportive and encouraging and it sounds very like ease filled yeah ease. so like, like that's so a universal ease. gift just wrapping yeah. you a gift parcel bow tied like, you are mm-hmm. all you need to do is the work mm-hmm. so I have to do the work <laughs> Yeah, I just had to write the book. I had to write the book, which it's all knowledge I know. So that was it was easy. The probably the only hard part was um just having to push through and sort of mental uh limits, mm-hmm. you know, because this is expanding my identity and how I see myself. So I had to push through those. Mm-hmm. But I'm already aware of that, so I was ready for them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and um yeah it was ease it was like they do say the universe when you've sort of in flow you just flow like all the doors open and there's something that carries you and that was 
and still is the case. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really helps to model, I think, for other people. Don't be afraid of following what you feel is right for you, regardless of what anyone else says. If you go with that energy, A, you never get bored of it, so it's sustainable Mm -hmm. because you love what you're doing. And honestly, that energy does come in to push you into that flow. Like I'm still feeling that. It's Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that's so beautiful. Yeah, when you push against things and try to do things to be accepted and fit in, you're sort of crushing yourself and how can you be on this big wide river of flow if that's what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, that logically that makes sense, I think. Right. But it's a story that we've been told over and over and over again of like you have to do it this way and you have to hustle and it that's has to right. be hard and it has to be all these things. And if you believe that, it absolutely does. But coming yeah. at it from a place of, you know what? this is totally possible and it can happen in the way that's the most fun, like the most enjoyable and the path of least resistance, you know, and it can be totally magic. Absolutely. It can. And it's definitely proven that to me. So I'll say um, one of the things on the vision board that didn't quite come out as I wanted a bit like your rental car thing was I, I, you know, I love travel. So I was like, yeah, I want to travel. So I drew a plane, mm-hmm. um, an airplane. There's me in the window of the airplane. I drew a globe. Here's me traveling. Um, just just for good measure, I put, here's me enlightened. So I'll aim for that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the plane. I drew these palm trees in front of it and these hills and the sun, like a little scene. And the next place I moved into, that was my view. Literally. No the way. Exact you were by an same- airport? Yeah, the Gold Coast Airport is quite small. It's not a nasty airport. It's it's all very beautiful. But there's two palm trees there. There's the planes do take off in that direction. There's hills and that's where the sun is. And I'm like, no, 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 me on the plane, not me watching other people leave on the plane. You got to drive with you in the window waving. I did. I was like, there's me in the window. That is so funny. That is So, so funny how it works like that. Yeah. And I'm still not sure. I can't remember back to that feeling of where was I coming from with that. There must have been something that I didn't quite get right or have open I must have because I do travel well and I have traveled a lot but um there must have been something there mm-hmm. whereas the book was because it was so far out of my realm of experience I think that helped I just mm-hmm. didn't judge it I didn't have any limit on it it was completely open mm-hmm. and so, selfless yeah. there was no ego in it either whereas maybe the plane was like a desire yeah I want to travel that would be mm-hmm. awesome but perhaps not I didn't have that service link to it yeah sometimes I think it's helpful when we don't know the entire story of how it's possible because travel we know the story that like oh we've got to plan it out and it has to be this and this and this and this whereas a book like you were saying is so far out there you don't even know how it happens how it is working with an editor you don't even have a story to limit you right so it can be whatever and it was whatever it was whatever the universe brought to you which was yeah. in a really beautiful synchronistic way that's right and there once I was writing the book I had I was still quite open there was just one little thing that I caught where I was a little bit afraid of I thought you know there's that idea of if you're successful with something or put something out there as much as people love it you're going to attract people that don't love it and that's polarity and balance Mm-hmm. But that's still me thinking logically and I'm like getting ready for the haters uh-huh. but and the criticisms which were based on my own fears, right. you know, and then I thought, well, well, someone picked me up on it. They're like, why would you even think that? You know, it hasn't even been 
created yet. So I'm like, yeah, you're right, actually. Why am I writing that into the future mm-hmm. when it hasn't happened? So mm-hmm. I'm just going to let go of my fears and really um, embrace everything that the book is. You know, part of my fears were I did make it ex- extremely accessible and that's was really important to me. But the other side of that is it's not like this high-flying academic, you know, ego-based thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a little worried about criticism from that angle and that it would be to maybe popular culture or people that were really serious would sort of slam it and then I'm like you know what no it's awesome and I love it and I'm pouring my heart and soul into this and for all the reasons that I've said and just opened the way and as I've I've done a good job of it because even if people if there has been criticism it's never come back to me I've only 100% positive experience from the whole thing it's still like a dream. Yeah, that is yeah. So beautiful. Something mm-hmm. that I super love that you just said was, one, don't project fear of rejection because it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But second, the second is creating something that you wanted others to like rather than just saying what you finally did is that I like it. And ultimately, like you are your customer, right? It's like I try to think about that even with my podcast of it's okay if people don't like it because I like it and I want to provide something that I wanted or needed a couple years ago right so you were providing this tool book for someone who wants to learn astrology in a way that's really easy and digestible something that you would have wanted all those years ago you know when you were just learning about it so you like it and that's the most important part that's right and it's your feel like your feeling is that's sort of like your gut instinct so why would you ignore that? Right. You know, why would you start crushing that? That's telling you, yes, this is the right way. Is this really resonating and lighting you up? We'll give that light. Why would you change that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that seemed to be the way. And yeah, just it's it's like, yeah, you also creating, you're designing your future. So it's not written. So why not design it exactly how you'd like it to be? What feels like it's lighting you up? And as big and as wonderful as you want it to be, because it can totally be that way. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Simply not written yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you so much for being on this show. So tell us all how to get in touch with you, because you, you're kind of everywhere right now. There's so many ways to get in touch with you and your wisdom and your message about this. There is, and I feel like it's just getting started. So I have a website called Astro All Stars. With a Z. Stars, yeah. Z, dot com. I'm on Instagram, Astro All Stars, um, Facebook, Astro All Stars. Just email me, inbox me. Um, there's a link to my book on my website that just takes you through to your uh, closest seller, like whether it's Amazon or Booktopia or wherever. Um, you can, if you want a reading, I do readings. So you Which can I would book. totally suggest everyone <laughs> yes. because I just felt like I got read a book about me and it was so enlightening. And that's just, yeah, a bit of a skim through as well. So uh, you can book yourself through on my website or just um, inbox me if you want more information. I've just actually put my one-on-one reading prices down by quite a lot because I really want I think there's a sort of a level especially people that are reading my book that I price them out and I really want to do those one-on-ones I really enjoy them and I I want to give that so uh, that's all quite easy and I write the horoscopes for Glamour magazine 
in no New big York, deal so. right there just the glamour <laughs> right there that's it so every Monday they're they're fresh out for your signs so you can just check in on those I'm not doing as many social media posts because I'm putting so much time into the horoscopes mm. and working on other things I have just done a it's like a, it was a group event which I love um astrology summit for it was called fresh voices you can mm-hmm. find that at freshvoices.com and i'm in the second round of that oh, cool. if you're interested in hearing a bit more astrology there's 12 astrologers and we all present on something and i have a webinar coming up that's my own um working into the same topic to do with um actually manifestation and neptune and the whole no spiritual way. connection and okay. how how you can do that and that's on the 25th of November, I think. That's just sort of getting rolling. Oh. So that's something that's coming up. That will be good. They'll be live so, you know, you can ask questions and it talks about, you know, where is Neptune in your chart and what does that mean for you and um, here's some techniques and here's a bit of science that backs it all up in mm-hmm. case you're like, oh, I don't believe it. I need some science. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll be in there too. <laughs> Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Um, and for everyone listening, I will put all of that information in the show notes for you so you guys can find her website and her Instagram and her Glamour articles and her book because you're selling in the U.S. like at all of the major places. Everywhere, Barnes, yeah. Amazon, even I think probably Urban Outfitters. I got it, it at Madewell. It's, it's yeah. kind of everywhere. And it's a book that you're going to want on your shelf. Like, I think it's so pretty. I love just putting it with all of my, like, crystals and all the magical things. It's totally my vibe. It's very grammable. Yeah. Okay. Well, Vanessa, <laughs> thank you so, so, so much. Thank I love so meeting much. you. I loved learning from your wisdom. So thank you for being on the show. And thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my woo story as well. And oh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I love it. Well, thank you for being on. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Cafe Binge Podcast. Until next time, may you notice all the wonderful, beautiful, binge-worthy parts of your day. Squeeze out every last drop, taste them, cherish them, because life was meant to be beautiful. Find me at cafebinge.com or on Instagram at Cafe Binge. Take me out to Cafe Binge tonight.